uh, helping them keep things going. Uh, I want you to grab your Bible tonight and turn to the book of Exodus. <clears throat> I'm going to give the Bible study first, uh, give the Bible study at the beginning of, our, of, of the uh, live stream this evening, and then at the end, uh, I will give you several announcements, <coughs> um, updating you on how we're going to move forward uh, in the days ahead, uh, updating you on the latest information that I have to give some clarifications. Now, uh, this afternoon, after uh, really spending a good amount of time praying and, and looking at the situation, <coughs> I decided to uh, ask you all to stay home because, uh, one, I want everybody to be safe, uh, but secondly, I figured this was the best way for me to talk to everybody uh, with having to split our congregation uh, over uh, two counties and two different properties. Uh, I fig- I didn't want to speak to half and not the other. <coughs> I wanted to make sure I had everybody has an audience tonight, and uh, so I certainly want to, I want you to listen, open your Bibles, and I believe the uh, Bible study tonight, it won't be anything new, Uh, we're going to talk about faith once again, Uh, these are some truths that I've taught you before, Uh, maybe worded a little bit differently, and uh, given in a way that's applicable to our situation today, but so I want to remind you of these truths, Uh, but then at the end, I want you to stay tuned because uh, I'll give you some announcements, uh, just so, some things that you can be prepared for and so that we can be ready in the days ahead. <clears throat> Exodus chapter number two, and uh, I am going to uh, do my best to uh, teach to <coughs> teach to you as if you were here, although uh, some of you I'm sure tonight I'm glad that I cannot see you, uh, but I'm going to teach uh, these truths tonight. Exodus chapter number two, we're going to begin reading in verse number 21, and we're going to read down through chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Uh, Follow in your Bible as we read Exodus chapter number 2 and verse 21. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. And she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. It came to pass in a process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. I want you to notice chapter number 3 in verse number 1. Uh, we Before I read that, let me just remind you where we're at in Scripture. Uh, Moses uh, has fled Egypt. Of course, we know that Moses as a child was hid uh, by his mother. Uh, Moses in the bulrushes, he was discovered by the daughter of Pharaoh. Uh, he was adopted as, a, uh, as, the, as the daughter of Pharaoh's son. He grew up in the palace. <coughs> Moses was chosen by God. Uh, to to do some wonderful things, Uh, but Moses got ahead of God, and uh, Moses, uh, in his impetuous nature, killed an Egyptian and had to flee, and now uh, we find him, chapter number 3, verse number 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now I want you to notice that phrase in verse number 1. And he led the flock <clears throat> to the back side of the desert. Now, the back side of the desert <clears throat> is not a place that uh, sounds very appealing. Uh, sounds like a, a place that 
certainly Moses wanted to be, but not just Moses, uh, but any child of God or any person would want to be. Uh, but tonight I want to give you some truths uh, from this passage of Scripture and give you some things to think about when it comes to faith. Uh, faith is vital in the life of a Christian, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment. I'm going to have a prayer or a prayer in just a moment. <clears throat> then I want to teach on faith when God changes our circumstances. Faith when God changes our circumstances. Father, we thank you for your many blessings. We certainly uh, thank you for our salvation. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, our means of salvation. Father, we certainly are attentive to your care uh, in this day we live in. We thank you for watching over us. <coughs> we thank you for keeping our people safe. And Father, we certainly thank you for the church. And if nothing else, during this time, may we uh, get a greater appreciation of the opportunities we have to assemble together as a church. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the truths that sustain us. Uh, we thank you that we have a uh, rock to go to uh, in our time of distress, our time of need. We thank you for the opportunity to please you, be faithful to you. Bless your people tonight as we're not all assembled together. I pray that you'll bless every one of our members tonight. And we certainly ask your hand of blessing on what we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith is the way to please God. Hebrews chapter number 11 reminds us that it is impossible without faith to please God. <coughs> faith is not just an object that we hold, but it is something that we use. I think a lot of times we as Christians, we, 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 we think, we say, I have faith, or we need to have faith. We think it's something that we can go purchase. We think it's something that we have and we hold to. We keep it in our pocket in case we need it. That's not faith at all. Uh, faith is the, 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 the substance of things hoped for, the, the evidence of things not seen. It is something we use, not just hold. Now stay with me. In order for us to live by faith, and don't we say that? Don't we sing the song, Living by Faith? Uh, don't we talk about how we ought to live by faith? And Christians, we should live by faith. But in order for us to live by faith or to use our faith, God doesn't give us faith to not use it. You can't have faith without using it. Put our faith into practice. As preachers, we say that from sometimes. As Christians, we talk about that. We need to put our faith into practice. But before, in order for us to live by faith, God sometimes has to change our circumstances. Now, let's be honest, you and me tonight, us as a church, and those that are watching and those that will watch later uh, through different uh, platforms, uh, we sometimes get comfortable in our Christian life. Uh, it is not a hard thing to do. It's an easy thing to do to get comfortable in our Christian life. But sometimes God it is, finds it necessary to change our circumstances, it, not because He's mad at us, uh, sometimes it's, it's to get our attention because we're not living the way we ought to live. We're not doing the things we ought to do. And uh, certainly the Bible gives us many, many examples of how uh, God allows certain things to come into a nation so that a nation will turn back to God. He did it over and over with his people. <coughs> and certainly that certainly applies. Uh, but many times God finds it necessary to change our circumstances 
so that we don't live on our, by our, uh, on our own strength, so that we don't live by our own understanding. Uh, we know the Scripture. We know the Scripture tells us not to lean on our own understanding, but don't we, from time to time, uh, depend on us? Sometimes God has to change our circumstances where we have to live by faith. We certainly can find this, the application in the day that we live in today. I don't like the circumstances that we're in. I don't like the fact that tonight in our midweek Bible study, usually this building is full. Usually uh, the, 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 every chair on the floor is full. Usually uh, you can, the, the, the building is full of the singing of the hymns and uh, the fellowship and watching and greeting one another. I don't like the fact that I'm preaching to and I'm teaching to a, 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 a monitor tonight. I don't like the fact that this building is empty, but by faith, there are some things that you and I can depend on, we can lean on when God changes our circumstances. Sometimes we see change coming. Sometimes we anticipate the change, uh, but oftentimes it catches us out of nowhere. Uh, certainly it's true in the life of Moses. Moses one day is living in the palace. Next day, he's living in the desert. Moses uh, one day is enjoying privilege, living in the palace of Pharaoh. The next day, he's living in poverty, nothing to his name. It certainly must have been different for Moses having been in the palace, having servants wait on him. Uh, having every comfort that could be afforded to him, coming and going as he wanted to, having the prestige of being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And then, in an instant, he's now a shepherd. A shepherd which was considered a lowly occupation. Now, God changed his circumstances. Certainly, there were some things that Moses did that allowed God, that put God in a position to use those circumstances. But when his circumstances changed, he had to have some faith. Or let me say it like this, and this is how it can apply to us tonight. God will use circumstances to test our faith, to strengthen our faith, to grow our faith. And don't we want to, as I preached this past Sunday night, don't we want to please God? And the way to please God is to live by faith. It's the only way. We say, well, I want to live a life that pleases God. But we reward that, and we say, well, do you want to live a life just by faith? Sometimes we hesitate, but that's the way that we please God, is living a life by faith. But sometimes our circumstances change, and there's faith that has to be involved. Now, I have several truths I want to mention to you tonight, and uh, I want you to follow on, jot these down. Uh, you may already have note of some of these, but I want to remind you of these tonight. Number one, let me remind us all, uh, in these circumstances, Moses needed to learn that God was with him even in the de desert. Let me say that again. Why, why would God allow things to be as they are? Verse number 1 of chapter 3, we're reminded, he's now on the backside of the desert. He's in the middle of nowhere, doing something he doesn't want to do, that he never thought he would do. How is it uh, that he ended up there? Well, God knew 
that Moses needed to learn that God would be with him even in the desert. Don't miss this. God, often God uses the desert to teach us to understand that he is with us no matter where we are. Uh, I'm glad that I have a God who is not contained by a building. Now, I certainly want us to be together. I certainly think God honors that. He's pleased by that. Uh, but when we can't be together, I'm, I'm glad that God is not contained by a building. Our God is with us no matter the circumstances. Some of our members uh, in recent days have had surgeries and have spent some time in the hospital. Do you know that God is with, with you and has been with them even in those desert places? Uh, all of us at some time or another have been in what we would call a desert place. Maybe now uh, because of this uh, crisis, this, this, this situation we're in, you may find yourself in a desert place because of a financial situation or our job or just the uncertainty of health. And certainly uh, it's a dangerous situation to have your uh, health compromised. And so, uh, but God would use the desert to uses the desert to teach us to understand that he is with us no matter where we are. The desert is a tough place. It's a difficult place. And sometimes in life, we have those desert places. It's not where we want to be. Uh, I think as a nation, we could say that this is not the situation that we find uh, that is a very pleasant place. I don't like to be restricted by uh, the different things that have come about, uh, but there's many lessons to learn in these desert places. There are many things, and I trust that in this situation, you are allowing God to teach you some things, while we can't be together, I know I have, I, I believe I appreciated it before, but I know I have a greater appreciation of one another. I have a greater appreciation of the opportunity to assemble. And so uh, I want us to learn what we can learn uh, in those circum when those circumstances change in an instant. But God uses them. Now, don't miss this. Moses, as you and I know, the Bible tells us, would later lead God's people through the wilderness. He would lead the people of God through the wilderness. Now, God knew that Moses was going to lead his people through the wilderness. So God used these circumstances to prepare Moses in a desert wilderness so that one day he could lead his people through the wilderness. As you read, as I'm certain you have, and you read through the Old Testament, and you read through those times of Moses' life and ministry of him leading God's people, the people of God, uh, because of their fear, because of the uncertainty, because of a lack of faith, they would uh, seem to uh, get, get worked up about every situation. But Moses seemed to be very, very calm. Uh, where are we going to get our food? Moses was not... Uh, in the uh, as worked up as they were, uh, <coughs> could it be Moses, because of his desert situations, learned that God was with him in the desert, so that when he was now leading God's people in the wilderness, he already had the experience, he already had the understanding, he had already learned the lesson that God would be with him even in the desert places. You and I as a Christian, uh, we need to thank God for those desert times in our life. Because it's in those desert times that uh, 
God uh, teaches us and God shows us that He's going to be with us and He'll not leave us, He'll not forsake us. And so if you find yourself in a desert place, whether it applies to our current situation uh, in our nation or this is just something you've been dealing with, it's amazing as we've had to stop and slow down uh, health problems that were already pre-existing don't stop. Uh, other uh, the heartaches and burdens don't stop. And so you may find yourself in a desert place. Let God teach you that lesson. Use your faith. Let him grow your faith because the day is going to come when you're going to need to know when you face something else. Yes, even in the desert places, God is with me. Notice number two this evening. God used the wilderness to show Moses his own heart. This is where I believe desert places possibly could do the most good. This is where I think you and I, speaking for us uh, as, as, as men, as humans, uh, this may be the toughest part of being in that desert place. Because when it's in difficult times, difficult times and hard circumstances, changed circumstances, reveal what we really are. It reveals our character. It reveals how much we depend on God. It reveals the things that we harbor in our heart, in our life. And God used the wilderness, that, that desert place. He used the wilderness to show Moses what was in his own heart. Sometimes the only way God can get us to see who we really are, what we really are, is by changing our circumstances, putting us on the backside of a desert, so that we have no choice but to see and let God reveal to us what is in our own heart. In Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter number 8, you can look at it at another time, verses 1 and 2. We see Moses, you'll find Moses, and of course we've been in the book of Deuteronomy as a church uh, for Sunday school over a year now. Uh, Moses is telling the people that the purpose of the wilderness was so that they could know what was in their heart. Now, another question is, how would Moses know that? Well, Moses would know that because in his wilderness, when he was on the backside of the desert, God revealed to him what was in his heart. Let me give you a few things to ponder tonight. When you're on the backside of the desert, the desert reveals our pride. Think with me just for a moment. I know it's a different setting tonight. Uh, I know we can't see each other eyeball to eyeball, but I want you to think for a moment what the Bible says about pride and how God really feels about pride. There's a lot of things that we don't tolerate in our life, and we shouldn't. Why is it we have a tendency to tolerate pride? Pride of mind, pride of heart. But the desert places deal with the pride that we have in our life. They have a tendency to strip it away to where we can't depend on ourselves. We can't uh, depend on our own understanding. We have to depend on God. But the desert also reveals motives. I've been thinking much over the last several days and weeks about the circumstances we're going through, been thinking about all of you, all of our members, been thinking about what's best for the church, praying for what's best for the church. 
wondering what's going to happen and how everything's going to end and when it will end and how bad will it get before it ends and how quickly we'll be, get, be able to get back to normal. One thing this is going to reveal, it may be even revealing it tonight by how well you're paying attention or not paying attention, or maybe it'll reveal tonight at who's picked up their Bible in the last several days because they haven't been the ability to assemble. But the desert reveals motives. Uh, I love coming to church, as I mentioned earlier, and seeing everybody. I love the fellowship. I love the spirit. But we say it's really about our relationship with God. We say the priority is God. But sometimes we allow other relationships to get in the way. But the desert reveals the motives. If you're going to stay close to God during this time, you're not going to be able to depend on all of us being together, all of the hymns being sung, Son, you're going to have to depend on your relationship with God. The desert place reveals the motives. The desert place also reveals priorities. Uh, what are the priorities? Uh, well, in the desert, it's going to reveal that. See, uh, God had to strip away the pride from Moses of being royalty. And the fact that being chosen by God is a greater thing. He had to do that so that he could deliver his people. I have had the privilege of being saved for a long, long time. I've been in church for my whole life. I've been around some great Christian people. I think the membership of our church, the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I think the greatest people that God has assembled together. But there's a common characteristic I find in Christians who are the most humble and sincere, and it's the fact that they've got desert places in their life. And Christian, if I can just encourage you before we go on, we shouldn't be ashamed of desert places. Now, we want to get out of them as quickly as possible, but uh, the desert places is where God can do a great work. Number three, God used the desert to teach Moses how to lead. Think about this. Was there anything more difficult than being a shepherd in the wilderness? Moses was not on the backside of the desert. For now we're having this extended, this crisis and all these different restrictions for another 30 days. Oh no, he wasn't a shepherd on the backside of the desert for 30 days. Not even 30 months. Not even 30 years. But for 40 years, what did Moses do? He led sheep, one of the dumbest animals on earth. This was difficult because he had to find the water and the green pastures for food in the desert. In order to do so, those sheep have to trust that shepherd. They have to be willing to follow that shepherd. You can't drive those sheep. They have to follow you. You have to lead them. He had to deal with their ignorance. He had to deal with their stubbornness. Here's a man of Moses' caliber who was trained in the schools that, that Pharaoh provided. He was royalty. We know the abilities that Moses had because he led God's people. What a great and mighty man used of God. But what would seem like a waste really wasn't a waste. Because Moses had to learn how to lead the Jews. 
Moses had to learn how to lead all of God's people. He couldn't just show up and know how to lead and to, and to uh, maneuver everything that he would have to maneuver. He, for 40 years, had to learn how to lead. And I imagine that after 40 years, if he could lead a bunch of dumb sheep, that he probably learned some things that would help him lead God's people. Let me make an application to you and I. Sometimes God has to put us in situations to prepare us for what we will face. I don't know what's coming down the line. I don't know what's coming around the corner. I don't know what's going to be here next year, the year after. Certainly we're in a situation we never anticipated. But it's in these times that God will use the situation to prepare us for not just something else he has for us. But let me use the application of leadership. Leadership by theory uh, doesn't, doesn't do very well with people. I think right now, I think there's young men and young ladies through different crises and different situations that we've had to deal with. They're learning how to lead others. Uh, certainly, I think Sunday school teachers are learning how to lead because their classes are dispersed. I think uh, mom and dads and God uses the desert to teach most how to lead. All of us lead somebody. Parents, you lead in your home. Uh, I think of a Christian, a soul winner who wins a new con, wins someone to Christ. Now you have a new convert. You have a babe in Christ. You have someone you have to lead. And so sometimes in these difficult situations, God uses that to allow us to do more for Him in the future. And I certainly hope that as a church. Uh, while I'm ready to move forward, I'm ready to get these buildings finished. I'm ready to continue doing what it is that God has for us to do. We find ourselves uh, being, if I can put use this analogy, someone on the backside of a desert waiting on God to allow us to continue. But until we do, I, I want us to use the situation as a church, but as a people, as individuals, uh, to learn what we can learn that's going to help us in the future. Let me say number four. And this is one, if I can be transparent as your pastor, um, this is one that I, I have found in common with Moses. God was using the desert to teach Moses patience. Uh, those of you that have known me for some time, you've been a part of the church for some time, You've heard me say on occasion that uh, I'm a I'm I'm not a I'm a very patient per, you know I'm not a very patient person, um, and so and I'm not a very patient person. But what I found the longer I'm around people, you're not a very patient people either. Some of you probably right now are saying he's already been talking for almost thirty minutes. When's he going to stop? It's because you're not very patient. Uh, we're not patient people. But God was using the desert to teach Moses patience. Forty years, he was on the backside of the desert. Think with me just for a moment. I know you've had a full day. I know you're in a different environment. I know you're not sitting here in, in front of me where I can see you and you can see me, but think for just a moment. Forty years he had him on the backside of the desert. How many times on the backside of that desert do you think Moses got impatient? Okay, God, when is this going to end? When am I going to get out of this? Think with me the number of 40 years in the wilderness. How long did Moses 
lead God's people through the wilderness. See, God had to teach Moses patience so that when God used Moses in the future, he would have the patience that he needed to accomplish the task that God had for them to, him to accomplish. God teaches us patience because patience will determine whether or not we're willing to wait on God. There's some, in our, and I pray for them, and you can just tell as you give them counsel, they run out of patience with God. I want this answer now. I want God to open this door now. God teaches patience because He knows you're going to have to have patience down the line. Uh, every parent needs patience to rear their children. If you're going to have any kind of leadership, you have to have patience. I would encourage those who are training for the ministry. I just want to hurry up and get done. You need to have patience because uh, new converts don't turn into faithful disciples uh, in, in a short amount of time. You have to have patience. And God uses the desert to teach us patience. Patience will be required to lead God's people. Patience in our life will help us in dealing with other people. God teaches patience in the desert place. See, when everything comes easy, we don't have to depend on God as much. That's just, that's just an honest uh, assessment of that, of that reality. But when we're in a desert place, we get in a difficult place, our circumstances change overnight, and now we find a situation we've never been in before, and how is this all going to work out, and what are we going to do, and how long is it going to be? God has a way of teaching us patience. Are we, ask, ask yourself this question, now that we're in this situation, we're in this crisis, are we really a patient people? Are we really a patient people when it comes to waiting on the Lord? Let's be honest. I don't know if you're thinking it, but I've been thinking it for months. God, why can't you just open those doors? What seems to be the holdup so that we can get some of these projects done? Well, guess what? Now we really have to live by patience. Are we really? And, I, and I've had to allow the Holy Spirit of God. And I've been having the willing to be willing to ask the question of myself. Are we really depending on God and His timing? Number five. God would use the desert to teach Moses to endure difficulties. Can you imagine all the things that Moses had to learn while in the desert? Let's not forget where Moses grew up. He grew up in the palace. He was favored. He no doubt had servants and those that waited on him and made his life easy. Whatever he wanted, he got when he wanted it. I imagine the skills that he had to learn were much different than he knew while living in the palace. He had to learn many things, but let me point out some things that he had to learn very quickly. He had to learn and he had to endure difficulties. Think about this. He had to endure loneliness. Moses was in the hustle and bustle of the palace. Now he's on the backside of the desert with sheep. I imagine it was lonely. Well, you think it's bad now to be quarantined at home with 
your family and get out to these different places and, well, we don't see each other as much. How about being on the backside of the desert for 40 years with a bunch of sheep? He had to endure loneliness. He had to endure physical suffering as well. No doubt in those harsh conditions, it took a toll on Moses physically. Sometimes God puts us in situations where we're lonely. We're lonely, and that doesn't mean that we're forsaken by God. It means that we have, we're in a situation we have to learn to live without the fellowship of others, perhaps. Or sometimes we could be lonely and be in a crowd, but that doesn't mean God has forsaken us. It means that we just have to spend our time with Him. But not only loneliness, He had to endure some physical suffering. Sometimes God allows us to enter those desert places and there's some physical suffering. I've prayed every day, as I've, I've prayed every day anyway, but I've prayed especially many times throughout the day for the Lord to protect our people from this virus, protect our people from these uh, sicknesses. Um, but truth of the matter is, some of you for years have been enduring physical suffering. It's a desert place. But there's things you have to endure in those desert places. Moses had to also learn to endure being forgotten by most people. Wait, think about this. Those who knew Moses 40 years later, they'd have forgotten about him. Those who had knew, knew Moses a little, little bit of time, they'd forgotten about him. Now he's on the backside of the desert. Well, the desert isn't a pleasant place. place. See, Moses had to learn to depend on God. I don't know what all God has for us as a church in the future or just in the next 24 hours. I don't know what we're going to face, and, and certainly these are uncertain times, but uh, if we were to use the same analogy tonight with this lesson on faith, God has certainly changed circumstances very, very quickly. From the beginning of this virus, things have changed and progressed. And as you know, we've been taking these situations day by day and week at a time when it comes to our services. And but certainly things have changed very quickly. Circumstances have changed. Uh, I'm not used to preaching to an empty building. Um, this is the, I will say, this is the best behaved crowd I've had in a long time. And nobody's falling asleep on me tonight, at least that I'm aware of. But I don't know. We, things have changed very, very quickly. Um, I don't know how things are going to be and how difficult things are going to be in the next few days, but we have to learn to depend on God. And I'm not depending on God in this situation, and that's why we don't live with the spirit. I'm not depending on man in this situation. I'm depending on God. That's why we don't live with a spirit of fear, even though we do have fears, because we depend on the Lord. Let me conclude with this tonight. What is God trying to teach us in this time of changed circumstances? What is God trying to teach you, Christian? You as an individual. I don't know who all is watching tonight. I don't know who will watch this later. But ask, allow the Spirit of God to, ask, to look in your heart. You be willing to ask yourself tonight, what is God 
going to try or willing, willing to teach you in these changed circumstances? Are you willing to use your faith? Are you willing to grow your faith? Are you willing to depend on God? What is God teaching or willing to teach us in this time of changed circumstances when it comes to our family, our homes? I think there's some lessons to be learned for families in our individual homes. Are we willing to let God teach us some things? What about as a church? We've taught individually as Christians, and I challenge all of us, myself included, I challenge us all to allow God to do something in us as individuals during this time. May our faith be stronger because of changed circumstances. May we have less pride because of changed circumstances. May we have a more willing heart to depend on God because of changed circumstances. As individuals, collectively tonight as a church, what are we willing to allow God to do with us and through us and uh, may, may he, any pride that we may have as a church, may, may he reveal that and take that from us. May any selfish desires that we have as a church, may that be revealed and taken from us due to the desert places, due to the changed circumstances. Uh, may our motives be revealed. May, may, may our hearts be revealed in this. And, uh, may we allow God to work in us as a church. What is God trying to teach us or willing to teach us when it comes to changed circumstances as a nation? As you know, I reference it often. I love reading about our nation's history, our great country. We have a rich history. We have a wonderful history. Just as true as it is to make the statement that our nation was built on the back of patriots. In our nation, we enjoy the freedoms we have because of the shed blood and the willing to give the li their life of patriots. It is undeniable that we have been a nation that God has blessed. It's undeniable that we were founded on principles that you see in the Word of God. In God we trust. But our country, honestly, we know this. We complain about it. Has drifted, not everybody, but our country has drifted from being a Christian nation. What is God willing to teach us? trying to teach us with changed circumstances. May we all be a witness. May we have more faith. May we be willing to serve.